0: Hi guys it's Mark Llewellyn here welcome to my show on Pure West radio it is going to be awesome and I'm interviewing a lot of very high achieving people and it is on Sunday eight till nine o'clock tune in to Pure West radio
1: How long till you play me the song that will make me belong to-
0: Hi, it's Mark Llewellyn here. It's about time we heard another interview on Pure West Radio with successful people. Here I am today with Simon Weston, and today we're going to talk about um, overcoming things, uh, achievement, and we were talking about insecurities a minute ago. Mm. And uh, it's like I was saying, people look at me sometimes and they think ex-commando and bodyguard, and they think, oh, you know, you've got no insecurities, but... Everybody has, and one of the things that I've noticed when I've been interviewing some of the people in the limelight is even though they may have money and a certain amount of recognition,
2: they are still just human. (laughs) That's all it is. You mean you you come into the world the same way you go to the world the same way?
1: That's it. Anything in between is what
2: you make up, and people. Even some of the most powerful people I've met have, have insecurities around things. Everybody has foibles and failures and everybody has weaknesses and strengths. And there are people who are consistent because they're nuts. They're crazy people. But everybody else are up and down. Yeah, You know, there are some people out there that never, there's no variable with them, but that's because they aren't playing with a full shilling. So they yeah.
0: So basically every, every other human, for the rest of us, we deal with these emotions and it's up and down. Yeah. And uh, how, how do you overcome, how would you say to someone if they've got a certain insecurity, like say for example public speaking
2: or something like that? Well public speaking is, there are, there are a few things you need to be a public speaker. First of all, you need to have something to talk about. You need to have confidence. You need to be able to roll with the blows or don't take it personally if it doesn't work and people don't like what you did. You know, so you need a bit of uh, thick skin. Yeah. But ultimately, when you go out there, you've got to have self-belief. Yeah. You've got to believe in what you're saying is is true, is effective, is going to be of benefit or interest to other people. Yeah. Um, I I just started, well, we, we've, we've done about eight or nine shows now. But um, the first three, we had no idea it would be as well received as it's been. This This is is... motivational speaking? No, no, it's a show with uh, my best mate, a guy called David Fitzgerald who works for the BBC down in Plymouth. Yeah. And he he and I go on stage together and he hosts me, basically, on stage. Yeah. And um, we have an absolute scream. The show's never the same. Twice yeah. because um, new stories come to mind and anecdotes yeah. of of things I've been up to and done in my life, and we just um, yeah we just talk about it you know, and uh, there is some sad and some bad but there always has to be because of the history that I have yeah but on the whole it's um, it's more fun. Yeah. More entertainment.
0: That's what I like, mate. I like the, <laughs> I like
2: the it's but life, isn't it?
0: Because we can all look at the doom and gloom, can't we? And and in nineteen eighty two in the Falklands War, the uh, Galahad got bombed. Um eighty two Yeah. Eighty two. Did I say 92? No, it was I, uh, oh, whatever.
2: the matter. Yeah. The but
0: when it when it got bombed, obviously, I mean, you you got burnt there and you spent the best part of five years in hospital. I mean how do you overcome something like, I mean, just even staying in the hospital, how, how do you deal
2: with a challenge so enormous? Well, first of all, it's different in a military hospital to a civilian hospital. Civilian hospital, you've got all manner of different people coming in and out. Yeah. Um, and all day and all night, they come in and out. In a military hospital, you never had that. It was always quiet in the military hospital and there was a rank structure and people listened when they were told because yeah. the military, they had control. Um, in a civilian hospital, it strikes me that very few people have control, having been in hospital very few times in civilian street. Um, and I've got to be honest and say I really don't like a civil hospital in comparison to a military hospital. And yeah. you know, I was spoilt. Military hospital, had better food, had, to a degree, better people. Yeah. Um, And most of the people in there were either service people or families of service people. Um, And the occasional civilian they had in, on our ward anyway, was for plastic surgery. And they were only in for a short period of time anyway, because it was um, minimal things they needed doing. Did
0: did you find that, um, because in the army there's banter all the time, isn't Mm. it? We're always having a banter. Was that the same in the military hospital?
2: Yep, the nurses were military, the doctors were military and there was fun. Yeah. No slapping their asses now, did you, mate? <laughs> we well no, they would have punched you in the mouth. <laughs> oh, they were they were like matron off carry no, on, they, were they? Not necessarily, but they were I mean they were they were proper military nurses. Yeah. They didn't take no stick from nobody. Nah. No. You know, you stepped on a line, they would'd fill you in. <laughs> You about, I mean, don't forget they're not under the same guidelines that other nurses are in Savvy Street, or they weren't at that time, you know, they, they, they because they had a rank structure, if you touched one of them, you know, without invitation, you, you'd you find yourself in real trouble. I just want to let everybody know that's
0: not the sort of behaviour I would partake in. Well, <laughs> no, certainly
2: not, nothing that I put up in anyway, that's for sure. We, um, no, no, the nurses were great, they were fun. Yeah. We had a lot of good fun with them. They were, um, yeah. We used to laugh a lot. Do you know, that's one of my questions: is it um,
0: what makes you laugh? And because uh, there's so, so many people these days, they get down because I, I don't know, like the, the the boyfriend or the girlfriend's left them, and the mortgage bills and all of this stuff. You know, and so it's it's quite heavy sometimes in life for certain people. Um, what makes you laugh, mate?
2: Everything T- makes on me laugh. I mean, <laughs> people make me laugh. People are funny. People don't realise how how comedic they are. Um, but it, I laugh if I find it funny. If I don't find it funny, I just look at you blank. And I don't laugh. Don't look at me blank now. <laughs> no, I mean, things make me laugh. I mean, like, I've got a business partner, uh, Paul, and he, he's... Um, he finds himself the funniest man on the planet. I can't honestly say that I'm up there with him, you know. I don't find him that, but he la- he laughs at everything. He he finds everything funny. Yeah. Um. And I don't know whether half of that is out of nerves or what, but he's um he's a lovely, lovely man. Yeah. Yeah. But he's uh. What I like about him is because he laughs at a lot of things I say. <laughs> we can't fault that. Well, no. you I mean, that's it. He's a perfect audience. Even if you, you know, you're not intending to be funny, he still finds you funny. So. Yeah, but there are some people
0: that have got quite an annoying laugh. Do you find? <laughs> I say, <said, laughs> I came across one the other day. She was like, <laughs> and it was like that ain't even funny. But and en- I mean, every five or ten seconds, I'd be like, what the hell? And I was just like that in the end.
2: Yeah. You ain't funny. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've met people with funny laughs, yes. I uh, suppose we all express ourselves differently, don't we? Yeah, and G- and Jim, uh, everybody's unique. Yeah. Every one of us is unique. That's what makes us all the
0: same. And one of your mates is Jim Davis, and, and mm. I love watching Jim Davis <laughs>
2: comedy when I was younger. He's hilarious. Well, he, he is what he is. He's an old school comedian. Yeah, He is funny. Um, I find him funny anyway, um, yeah. but yeah, I mean, but it's what makes us all the same is the fact that we're all different. Yeah. So, what did you just say there? That was deep. Did you say what makes us all the same is we're all different? Yeah. What do you mean by that? That's well, fairly obvious, isn't it? I'm exactly the same as you, but you're exactly the same as the next guy because we're all different to each other. Yeah. Because there is no two people alike. There's yeah. similarities. But because we have different likes, dislikes, that's what makes us all the same. Because we all like something different. We're all individual. We're all so different. It would be boring if we were all the same. Yeah. and That's I, what makes us human. Would you be bored? I'd be bored with myself. I, I would annoy myself, I think. Oh, no, I quite like me. <laughs> I can put up with me. I, I, I like my own company very much. <laughs> I, can, I um, I'm quite happy when I'm left alone. Yeah. And I'm on my own. Uh, in fact, with a house full, like this house normally is, yeah. it's quiet now, but um, you don't get any peace and quiet. There is no such thing as peace and quiet. It's, it's just, just all on the go, all the time. Um with, with my grandson when he's here. It's it's a cacophony. It's a zoo. How old is he? Four. He oh. was four last week. Started Fantastic. school yesterday. And um, loves it. Yeah. Biggest problem you got is getting him out of school. Is it? For now. It's not because he sees you at the end of school, is oh, it? Oh, no, 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 he doesn't see me at all. <laughs> he likes <I> mean, you. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not his favourite person. His favourite person is my, uh is his uncle. Yeah. His Uncle Stewart is his favourite person. Zach. Exactly. yeah. Um, and then it's my wife. Yeah. And then it's his mother and father. I'm, re- I'm waiting on a parking order because I tell him off. Oh, you're flipping! You got the military stick out, mate. That's what you got out, haven't you? Uh, I mean, discipline is discipline, it's got to be. You have to, uh, you are, you have to, don't you, to an extent. Well, my daughter's fairly similar to me, you know. Um, No is the correct word for most things children want. Yeah. Because they have to learn to go without. Giving them everything doesn't teach them anything.
0: No, I I, I 100% agree. Can you have a chat with my mum? (laughs) Leon, would you like some sweets in my life? All the
2: time, all the time. No, no, I don't give him anything. I mean, he, the only reason he has chocolates is because somebody else buys it. I don't buy it. I won't buy sweets. I can't. I don't want to
0: buy chocolate. I I don't want it in front of me because I just had the V in it. No, I, <laughs> I'm a personal trainer, so that's no good for me. Well, I don't eat chocolate. So oh, that's that? flipping good. That is. Well, clearly I eat something. What? You know? What? What do you eat? What anything. Do you eat? I eat everything. Anything and everything. Yeah. On the subject of parenthood and, and children and stuff like that, I was outside Lil's the other day, right? And this mother... The child started walking off and she goes, "Caitlin!" And I... and Get back here! And I was like... Just... She was pure shouting. Shouting, shouting, shouting. And I just thought to myself, I have watched that Super Nanny programme. And you know, where they go down and they sort of... They, they talk to them correctly. I mean that's just crazy, isn't it? Do you th- or
2: or do you shout? Are you a No, shouter? no, no, no no, no, no. no, what's the point? It loses its effectiveness if you shout all the time. Yeah, it's just like if you hit somebody all the time, eventually they get used to it. Yeah, you know, um, you were in the Marines. Army you, two nine. That's okay, you swore see, at me. I was two nine commando. Okay, okay so you were a commando in the <laughs> middle, in the army. Yeah, and. Um, the fact of the matter is, you get beasted, yeah, and we've all been beasted in the military. If they kept beasting you, it stops being a threat.
0: Yeah.
2: And the one thing you didn't want was to get a beast in because you knew you'd be cream cracker by the end of it. Yeah. You'd be exhausted and it hurts and you suffered and you'd rather not suffer in that way. If it's a voluntary thing, you want to go for a run or whatever, fine. But when you get a proper beast in by by experts. Yeah. You know, you turn around and you're breathing through your sphincter. Yeah, and it can go on forever. It can. But if they did it every day, it stops being a threat. It stops being a hardship. You know, um, so you have to have the carrot and the stick. Yeah. And there needs to be plenty of carrot once they've given you the stick. So, yeah, I mean, and it's the same with kids, you know. If you deny them sweets, they enjoy them even more when they have them. Yeah. If it is a treat, then it's special. It's like toys. It's like anything. If you keep buying too much, they just get used to it, they, and they expect it, yeah. and they don't appreciate it. So you know, I I don't I don't buy my grandson anything. You know, he gets what he gets on his birthday and Christmas. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I can't say that other people are the same as me. But yeah, uh, but yeah, he, he he plays with everything he's got. Pretty much, Fantastic he's got scene, toys when he was little, when he was a baby. Um, and now he's four. I mean, he's still a baby, but um, that those baby toys are going to be taken away and given to yeah, given to children's homes and things like that. You know, play yeah. groups and such. Um, because he's got other toys now that he plays with more. Yeah, you know. So, it'll recycle it all. Give, got to give back. Yep, you got to give back to life. Yeah, you know, if you're privileged in life, you've got to give back. Yeah, you know, if life has if life has been kind to you, then give it back. Um, Life has been very kind to me, and I give as much back as I can. Yeah, Um, yeah. Um,
0: Oh, I know you do lots of charity work. We'll go into that later. On to a darker subject now. Um, It's like I've been to two suicide funerals in the last six weeks. I think. I mean, you you had thoughts of. You had suicidal thoughts and stuff like that, and you drank a little bit. And how how do you? Because what what we're, what what we're trying to get at here is how do you pull yourself out of that? How did you, or what's your advice for people that are like oh, I just don't have it anymore?
2: Well, so the thing is, is probably two or three mental states going on there. You I mean whether you really want to kill yourself or not, whether it's a cry for help. Yeah. Um, whether it's just born out of frustration, you know, I, I don't think many suicides really genuinely want to do it. If you do want to do it that badly, there's literally not one thing anybody can do to stop you. Yeah. So there are those people who make that final decision and they, that is it, it is final. Um, but then with me, I didn't really want to. I, it wasn't a, a genuine, it was just a cry for help. And yeah. fortunately for me, I was able to respond to that. Um, and that's why I'm still here, but it could have quite easily been uh, another story Yeah Yeah, and you would uh, you would people around you you would your, but nobody knew about it. That's the point Yeah, nobody knew about it because I nearly ripped the tips of my fingers off when I did it and it hurt and it snapped me back into reality and um And from that moment on, I never looked back, you know. It was just a very low moment. I was drinking too much. I just stopped drinking then. Um, I ate properly. I got myself fit. Um, And it just changed. Everything changed. And there's time in your life when you need to grow confidence. And growing confidence is very hard to do. Mm. Liking who you are is very hard to do. Because a lot of people out there say they, they like themselves, but they genuinely don't. In the dark moments and recesses of when they go home and they may be on their own, maybe they're with a partner who's not so pleasant or not so great or not so sharing or caring or whatever. Yeah. And people don't like their lives, they don't like themselves, they think they've done something wrong. People can turn you into a mental state of that if, if they deride you that much. Yeah. You know, um... So mental and physical abuse can create all of that. There's a lot of people with huge amounts of problems. Yeah. Um, but I like who I am. Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel embarrassed by my looks. I don't feel embarrassed by my history. I don't feel any need to apologise or explain. Yeah. Um, and if people don't like me in their company, then goodbye. <laughs> then... Goodbye. Can we, can we use you a swear can a word? No. No, no, we're not swearing today. <laughs> they, they can leave. They can pleasantly leave. They can move away in jerky movements.
0: Yeah. So you you sort of, I guess, create like a force field around
2: yourself. It's like, you know what, no, this is who No I am. force field, nothing. Nope. No force field, nothing. I just, I am who I am. Yeah. I am who I am. And, uh, and that's how I like it. And you're doing a lot of charity work at the moment. Can you
0: tell us about that? We've got little ones coming in now. Hello.
2: Hello. <laughs> Hiya. Hiya. Hi right? yes, <laughs> oh. You alright? Yeah, fine, thank you. Yeah, no, I mean, um, the charity work, uh, we're doing care after combat at the moment, which is all to do with veterans in the criminal justice system. Yeah. And um, trying to deal with their problems, their issues, trying to help them find retraining so that they don't go back inside. Yeah. And... Um, we think it's pointless having trained those guys for, to the level you, they get trained and then when they slip off the the proud and honourable path they were once on yeah, and then get themselves into trouble we believe that they deserve a second chance um, and we try to help them find that second chance by stopping them letting themselves down, letting their families down and in some cases you know they feel like they've let their regiment down and their history down um, we can do nothing about that, what's happened. We can do plenty about what can happen. Yeah. And uh, we believe that because they've got a, an inherent amount of discipline anyway, because of having served, then they're far easier to, to retrain, re-educate, and to to find a course that's suitable for them. Yeah. You know, um, and there are plenty of jobs out there that they will take you regardless of criminal history. Yeah. Um and that's where we're trying to get them trained up and get them into, but it's a, it's a long path and it's a long path getting permission to be able to do those things through the Ministry of Justice. Now, because they have to, they have to be very careful. The Ministry of Justice, because they they have to look after these guys. Yeah, you know they are human beings. At the end of the day, they do not meet. and they you know somebody has to be responsible for their safety, and their mental safety, their physical safety. And the, the MOJ are very concerned for that as well. So you know we we have a lot to do. As we did today, we had a big, long, in-depth conference call today about how we were going forward with the organisation. But we've started helping veterans, and we're keeping them on the street and narrow. And some of them are very fragile. Mm -hmm. You know, just because they've been in prison doesn't make them any tougher than you or I. Yeah. It just means that they have a different mindset. But some of them are very fragile. Yeah. And um, you know, we've had issues where we've had to get people specialist treatment because of the fragility of their mental state. Mm. Um, and we're talking right the way down, right away from the top down, And yeah. we're talking brigadier level and people like that who've got pro- real problems. Yeah. So, you know, and right the way down to privates and guardsmen and matlows and booties and you name it. So we're talking right the way across, this, the so-called super elite even. Yeah. You know, um, people have fragility in their minds. So we're we're looking after them through care after combat. And it's an organisation, Jim Davidson, myself, a guy called Goose Cryer, yeah. and uh, Smokey Cole, Um, the four of us set it up. And um, we're trying to make a difference in people's lives. And we believe that families have been through enough. Families yeah. have suffered enough when they've served. They shouldn't have to suffer any more now they're in, they're in peacetime. Um, but this seems to be the most tumultuous time in their lives. Yeah. And, um, and we just don't think families deserve that. You know, families deserve to to enjoy their loved one. Um, whether it be a fella or a woman, it doesn't really make any difference to me. But at the end of the day, you know, we, we just have to do the right thing. It's just fantastic. And the website for that, if people want to check it out? Care After Combat. Just look for Care After Combat. You'll find it. Google it and it'll all yeah. be there.
0: That's interesting what you're saying. I mean, people having uh, challenges from Brigadier down, as, as I mentioned earlier. Some people in the limelight and like, when I interviewed Jamie Bosch recently, I was saying about Robbie Williams had like an eighty million pound contract and then but he was very honest and he got he said um, he said that was all well and good but before he went out the door sometimes he'd just sit down and burst out crying and it looked as if he had everything. And some people just think money and
2: recognition gets you everything, but it it gets you the attention you desire but it also gets the attention you don't. Yeah, um, like Justin Bieber. Are you a believer? You... <laughs> I have no idea what you're on about. i <laughs> Justin Bieber fan. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. That's what they call him, is it? A believer. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have no idea. I ne- I can't tell you a song he's ever sung. Yeah. I know nothing at all about him except that he's a he's a young man who's had so much wealth and so much in his life and he's um he's not living his life to the fullest and um, to the best you know he looked back on his history and he won't be proud yeah uh that's all I know because like a lot of us we all see what' goes wrong you know yeah. um you know it, it's the the thing that um we know is that he's he's super rich you know his record company bought him a a Lamborghini or something you know, for his eighteenth birthday or sixteenth birthday or something ridiculous. Because he was making them so much money. Yeah. You know, but people pander to these stars. Yeah. And they they give them some belief that they're somebody very special. Or they are especially talented. Yeah. They're not special people. They're just they're just talented they're just human. They're just talented in a different way. Yeah. yeah. You know, um I'm talented in more ways than most of them. Yeah, it's just my talents don't stream to entertainment in the way that theirs does. Yeah. So, um, and we seem to think that that gives them a god-given right to have a greater insight into life as well, because when they're interviewed, you know, they get all the interviews, but they don't have a, any greater insight into life. You know, what they've got to say half the time is is quite irrelevant to anything. Mm. You know, and, I, and I'm not being rude or anything. I'm just being factual. You know, people who've lived, people who've done something, and they're interesting. Now there are plenty of people in the world I find very interesting, and largely we've never heard of them. Yeah. You know, I mean, like me. <laughs> I'm
0: joking.
2: No, no, no. Hey, listen, I mean you've done, you've done things that many people haven't. Um, you know, but the, the the difference is people who've lived, people who've done something with their lives, people who've helped people. I mean, yeah. Like, Gary Barlow, the, the, the take part singer. Yeah. Um an incredible man. Yeah. An incredible man. Done so much for so many people. Yeah. Because he can. Yeah. You know, but he does it because he likes it as well. But yeah. he does it because he can. Um, you know, it's just like some people do bad things because they can. Yeah. You know? I like people who do good things because they can. It's
0: enjoyable. I had someone say to me the other day. Like a business type person. How much are you getting paid for these interviews? And I said, nothing. I just love getting it out there. And it's a form of helping people. And he looked at me as if that was bizarre. But I know he's a lot more stressed than I am. I'm <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> I'm this happy-go-lucky person. Yeah, Good for you. You know, I used to be until I got injured. And then, yeah, you know, when you become a public figure, there are different pressures. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I didn't want to be famous. Yeah, certainly didn't want to be famous for what happened to me. That's for sure. Yeah, and I certainly don't want to be defined by what happened to me. And you, you said something
0: interesting. I was watching some of your interviews. You live life. Um, you go from lamppost to lamppost.
2: Yeah, and I thought that was brilliant. I don't go milepost to milepost. A mile is too far. Yeah, you're a runner. You know when you're when you start to breathe in wind from West Wales, you know you suck it in through your swing and all of a sudden. Pushing yourself on. You you pick a target closer to you. You don't pick a target 10 miles away. Yeah. Because you can't see it. Yeah. If your target is in front of you and you can get there, and you get there relatively easily, I can push myself a bit further the next 25 metres. So that was only 25 metres apart. Yeah. So it's 25 metres at a time. And if you live your life like that, just take 25 metres at a time. Yeah. You can get to wherever you want to go. You don't have to be making milepost decisions all the time. Occasionally you do, yeah. but those decisions are, are made and then you move on. Yeah. But you try to work towards that big milepost decision. But you know, um, that's setting up a business is a milepost decision. You know, because you're looking for the long term. But actually, every day to day, you're doing it by lamppost to lamppost. Yeah. You have a strategic plan, because if you don't, you're, you're going to fail. Yeah. You know, you have to have strategy, you have to have a plan. A plan without strategy is just noise. Yeah. It's like a war. You know, if you don't have strategy and plan together, you're gonna fail.
0: It's like that journey of a thousand miles begins with a single slag or conceived or something, yeah, or something yeah. like Chinese that. Chinese proverb, That's know. a Chinese Chinese proverb.
2: proverb. Yeah. You do you've got several books out as well. Yeah. Well, they're not out any longer. I mean, they, they, they're all. They've two been... two of them are out of print, and I own the copyright for them, so nobody else can print them now. Um, and the third one is still in print. Is yeah. are still selling? Um, and then we've got four children's books. You got children's book? I can believe it when I seen that. <laughs> yeah, four of them. And
0: I was like, this is one of Simon's children's books here. I was well impressed when I seen that. I just, uh,
1: hmm.
0: I was just, there's some things you don't know about. You do you know what I mean, and I've started to read it to my little baby boy Leon. And it's about a horse, and there's like a secret agent rat or something. Yeah. James James <laughs> Totton, the
2: frog, James Ton the frog. Yeah, I <laughs> know um, yeah, it's just fun. Fitz and I wrote those together, me and David Fitzgerald. Yeah, and we wrote them because the children, like my, my youngest daughter, now she's, she's 18, so um. When they used to come home with books from school, they were boring. We didn't enjoy, and I didn't enjoy reading to them. And when the children used to read them to me, my goodness, I'd fall asleep. Yeah. And we just wanted something that would help kids turn pages and help adults turn the pages as well, you know. So there's little bits of humour in there that adults get and children are too young to get. There's there's nothing rude in any of them. I should hope not, Simon. There's nothing rude in any (laughs) of them. So we just, yeah, that's why we wrote them.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic and I'll continue to read the book and I'll get you the rest yeah. of your books for my little baby boy yeah. Simon Weston it's been an absolute honour and pleasure mate thank you very much my pleasure <laughs> thank you I
1: can't lie And time can still be for me.
0: Hi, it's Mark Llewellyn here on Pure West Radio, listening to my show at 8 till 9 o'clock on Sunday evenings. If you know any successful people that you'd like me to interview, just give me a little tweet at Mark Llewellyn. (coughs)
1: I know you since we were like 10 Don't mess it up Talking at ears Only gonna push me away That's it When you say you love me That made me crazy Here we go again Don't go look Want me to spell it out for you, have Heaven, I made it out? obvious, heaven, I made it clear Want me to spell it out for you, F-R-I-N-D-S F-R-I-N-D-S Have you got no shame, you looking insane, turning up at my door It's two in the morning, the rain is pouring, haven't we been here before? Don't mess it up, talking at ears me away. we just friends. So don't go looking at <laughs> me no. with that. Radio, for Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, for Pembrokeshire, from Pembrokeshire, Pure West Radio, say my name, say my name, no one is around you, say baby I love you, you ain't one in game, say my name, say my name, you acting kind of shady, ain't calling me baby, why the sudden change, say my name. Name. If no one is around you, say baby I love you, if you, you ain't, ain't running game Say my name, say my name You acting kinda shady, ain't calling me baby, better say my name of other day, I would call, you would say Baby how's your day, but today ain't it the same Every other word is a huh, yeah okay Could it be that you are at the crib with another lady
0: That's a wrap from me, Mark Llewellyn. I shall be back next Sunday from 8 o'clock till 9 o'clock on Pure West Radio with another interview from somebody very successful. Tune in to Pure West Radio. Have a great evening. Take care, guys.
1: This is Pure West Radio. Yes, I do. I believe
2: that one day I will be where I was, right there, right next to you. And it's hard, the days just seem so dark, the moon and the stars are nothing without you. Your touch, your skin, where do I begin No words
1: can explain the way I'm missing you tonight This emptiness, this hole that I'm inside These tears, they tell their own story Told me not to cry when you were gone